to a Wildcat Insider. Just got off work. Congratulations. Make sure to stay in the car for the next hour because Wyatt and I got some stuff to talk about, including most impressive players through six games. That's coming up at 525 at 540. Big 12, week number seven, what's to come on the slate? Uh, really across uh, college football, there's some really good games next week. So for a bye week, you gotta, you're going to be spoiled as a college football fan to watch football without having to worry about some Cats drama. You can sit back and relax. I'm going to ask uh, Wyatt Thompson some Meet the Wildcat questions. But uh, before we get to K-State's bye week, I want to mention Skylar Thompson. He made his NFL debut yesterday against the New York Jets at MetLife Stadium. And uh, so what happened basically was, so Tua was out for the game with uh, his concussion, and then Teddy Bridgewater, second-string quarterback, is going to start. Skyler knows he's the number two now. I'm sure he was all ready to go. Well, what was it, the first play? Yes. Teddy Bridgewater is sacked in the end zone. I think they called intentional grounding or whatever. And then he's out for the game. He goes straight to the medical tent. As soon as I heard the words medical tent, I was like, it's Skyler time. Not like I'm rooting for an injury or anything, but I am going to root for Skyler Thompson <laughs> sure. to get in the game and play some NFL time. And so he pretty much played the entire game at quarterback for the Miami Dolphins. And you know what? He made a couple of mistakes, but he also, I thought, was really a representative player for them. Um, I don't know that he's necessarily NFL ready with, what, four, three exhibition games and then the performance yesterday. But I thought he did a pretty good job. He he threw for about 165 yards. Um, did fumble once. Had a his arm hit on one that ended up being an issue. But mm-hmm. for the most part, under duress, and he was under duress a lot. It seemed. I, I thought he threw the ball decently well. I don't know how much you saw of it, and I didn't see all of it, but I saw quite a bit of it when I when I realized that he was in the game. Boom! I went over. I had to try to watch any play I could on NFL Red Zone. Uh-huh. Uh, that was my only shot to watch it. Uh, what I was doing, I was actually keeping up with the ESPN app and watching the the GameCast, uh-huh. the play-by-play GameCast, to see what Skyler was doing. And I noticed he completed his first pass, and on the tackle was DJ Reed. How about that? <laughs> That's DJ Reed of Kansas State. That, yes, sir. And then previous to uh, the Jets, the 49ers, and he's still hanging around in the league. And uh, yeah, that was that was interesting. So, little K State K State connection. There. And I had read something that DJ Reed almost picked off one of his passes. I I didn't see that, so I can't speak on it. But I don't know that it was that close. Not that close. Yeah, but did DJ break it up, him. or yeah. he just had a shot? Yeah, I, th- I think he I think he did break it up. Is the way I saw it. But uh, first couple of drives, couple of touchdowns. Not not his first two, but he did have a couple of touchdown drives in the first quarter. He didn't pass for a touchdown, unfortunately. That that would have been huge for his confidence mm-hmm. uh, if he was able to do that. But I mean, the New York Jets apparently are a lot better than three and two. That's a lot better. But also, I mean, stealing the show. Here's your Farmageddon uh, comparison to the college <laughs> game. Uh, Brees Hall for the Jets was incredible yesterday. He, he is an amazing talent. Uh, I think we all saw that during his Iowa State career. Um, he's doing quite well at the NFL level. I don't think many people are surprised. He can run. He's very big and strong, has good vision. Um, there's, there's very little that's down to him. He can catch the ball. He just, he's just a really, really talented player. And, and it was on display some yesterday. He was good. Yeah, Brees Hall was uh... 18 carries, 97 on the ground for a touchdown, two catches, 100 yards 
Longest was 79 that he almost took it into the house uh, for a score. DJ Reed in that game had five tackles. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I was just, I know Skyler gets more of the attention. He's the quarterback. Uh, but also, you know, just what he's gone through in the last couple of years at K-State with dealing with those injuries and now have him having this opportunity to play in his first game. I'm sure it was much earlier than what he was expecting. Sure. Probably wasn't expecting week five of the NFL season as his rookie year, but he's probably not done uh, because next game is against the Vikings. Let me uh, Let me double check here. So that'll be a noon game on Fox this Sunday. And the reason I say he's probably not done is because Tua Tungavailoa, as of today, is not ready for football stuff. That's according to somebody with the Dolphins. I believe that was Mike McDaniel who said that. Teddy Bridgewater is still a concussion protocol. Yeah. So there's a very good chance that Skyler will start on Sunday. Yeah. At but we'll see. least as we talk today on Monday yeah. afternoon. Yeah. It, it certainly would look that way. And I'm. It's it's almost you wonder. I, I know now that he's been out there, that always helps. Experience matters. Um, let's say he does, you know, get the start on Sunday. This one will be at home. Basically, instead of one second to prepare <laughs> after Bridgewater got hurt, you know, this week he's thinking, I'm the guy. And we'll see how it plays out. Um, but I, I think we're all proud that he's made the league, uh, had an opportunity to get his feet wet yesterday and, and, and did all right. It, it, perfect, no, but he, 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 was, he was all right. Well, let's uh, let's jump to the bye week here. Um, first of all, I, I do like it for a couple of reasons, of course. Uh, one, I think it's a, a blessing to have it right now. It's the, right in the middle of the season. So that's a nice split, right? Yep. Um, next on the schedule is TCU. And I like having two weeks to prepare for that team, especially a game on the road, a team that nobody expected to start undefeated. They get that win at Kansas, even though Jason Bean was throwing a heck of a game, backing up Jalen Daniel, who we don't know what his status is. Uh, we know he has a shoulder injury. We could tell from the game. Just don't know how long he's going to be out or maybe what exactly the injury is. Um, but um, K-State also needs to sure up a few things, of course. Sure up a lot of things. Make it better. But also, guys just getting better, getting healed. Uh, because it's football. You know there's a lot of guys that are playing banged up. Oh, sure. Um, and maybe some more than others. I mean, Deuce Vaughn, the last couple of games, has come out injured, limping off the field. He came back for a little while in that fourth quarter against Iowa State. Then DJ Giddens takes over the rest of the way. You want certainly him to get better without a doubt. But also, I mean, Khalid Duke, not sure about his status yet. Hopefully it's something not too serious and – He'll be ready to go in 12 days. Sure. But give him time to heal up. Yeah. I, I think they're <clears> – <throat> excuse me, you said a lot there, and I think they're, you know, like Duke, Green, there's a few other guys, you know, out there, you know. I mean, even Adrian Martinez has taken a pretty good knock or two here, you know, in the last couple of weeks. It's just uh, along with Deuce. And, and I, I think, though, as much as the, the timing of this is, is – you're you're right about that. It's it's virtually perfect. It's halfway through, six prior, six after. Um, but I think this team needs as much a mental break here for a couple of days as as the physical part, and they need the physical part. That that's the that's the moral of the story here. They need both. It's it it was a long camp. Um, <laughs> you know this, they are beat up, and uh, 
you know, a, a few extra days to where you can really totally get away from it, refresh, and then and then get right back into it in preparing for a, a darn good football team who is on the road this weekend themselves in Stillwater. And so it's a tough game for them and a couple of unbeatens uh, in that game. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what Coach Kleiman says tomorrow about the the state of the team from a health point. But I, I'm going to guess that he will make the the statements of we need the mental break as much as we need the physical break, or at least close. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of the questions tomorrow will be about you know status of this guy, status of that guy, uh-huh. health things, what do you want to sure up? And also we're going to get a bunch of questions about uh, how do you feel about this person or this unit through six games? Sure. A lot of that tomorrow, which oh. I'm definitely interested in hearing hearing some of those answers. But K-State is about to enter a gauntlet, I think, with the schedule. Um, it, it gets tough. Really tough. And I think K-State, I, I think the way the schedule is shaped out, I, I think they got a little bit lucky, honestly, with this year's schedule, with four being at home and five on the road, uh, just the way things are working out. And that is because I'm really happy that the Oklahoma State game and Texas game will be happening here. Oh, sure. I mean, TCU is okay. Uh, I, I've, I've actually never been to Amon G. Carter Stadium. I don't know what the environment's like, especially, I mean, you were there in 2014. I'm sure you could maybe have a memory or two what it was like to play that top 25 matchup yeah and it being it, crazy it, it is it is loud there when they, when they're a representative team meaning a good club that is you know competing they're gonna they're gonna draw and, and they'll be noisy um, it, it's always been a pretty good matchup with them I think and I, I believe this one would be too they are one of the surprise teams in the conference at this point at, at least to most people that not a the two teams that nobody really talked about through the summer and into the, the camps were West Virginia and TCU, for whatever reason. Now, they probably were in those two towns, but around the league, you just didn't hear much about them, right? You heard way more about Brent Venables in Oklahoma oh, or, yeah. or what, whatever it might might be. Uh, Quinn Ewers at Texas, those kind of things. But um, I think Texas is <laughs> now going to be a player where I think we all had some doubts early. And we'll see how this goes with TCU. I think, for me, Tech playing well at Oklahoma State and having a chance tells us that this league is maybe even tighter than we thought a week ago. I think all of us felt like going in – I shouldn't say all of us. That's probably overstated. I believe there are a lot of people that thought going into this past weekend that the league was really tight, very – unsettled, I'll say, in terms of who's the best team. But most would have said, probably OSU. Would you agree with that? And maybe yeah. they still are. But Tech pushed them. Oh, yeah. We'll, we'll see if TCU pushes them. I was shocked how competitive we'll see if that K-State game was. pushes them in a few weeks at the end of the month. I mean, that game against Tech and Oklahoma State, they take a, Texas Tech takes a timeout before the first play of the game <laughs> with a redshirt freshman quarterback. <laughs> yeah. They end up going for it on fourth down in their own territory – on that first drive, and they go score a touchdown. Yeah, I'm like, man. I mean, that that start for Tech in that game blew my mind. I was like, okay, yes that that was very that was very impressive. And they played. I thought they played an impressive game, but Oklahoma State was just a little bit better at home at the end of the day. Yeah, I bet if you're K State and that coaching staff, and you think about what you have the next two games, TCU and Oklahoma State, sure, you probably love 
that this week you have off, they're playing each other. Oh, yeah. So you can watch them play against each other, and maybe they'll expose a thing or two against one another. They're top 15 teams right now. That's a great matchup that's going to be a middle-of-the-day game. I can't wait to watch that game. Oh, it'll be a lot of fun, I think. You know, OSU offensively is is quite good. And maybe they are better defensively than than some of us might have thought, you know, when the year started. Because they, they gave up some points early. Um, gave up some points Saturday, but you, you find a way, right? And, and being at home certainly helped them. But, again, I can't stress this enough. I think most people that cover the league feel that it's very balanced. There's not really going to be a week off. With, with K, KU being that much better than they've been, I mean, where are you going to find one that's, that's a little easier than some of the others? Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just with the Big Twelve, it feels like the narrative is still kind of the same. Where you feel like, man, there's probably, there's five teams. Anybody out of that five could could make it in. There's just two of them that that are not probably no longer. Maybe one borderline Baylor. I think I think maybe borderline is still in the conversation, but to me, not Baylor's, feeling as hot about them. Baylor's the one team I think that you know. I think you can make an argument for or against based on how they've played so far. They haven't necessarily been the most consistent team, but I think some of us feel like they have as good a talent as most in in most areas. Mm-hmm. You know, I I said on this show a couple of weeks ago, I think it was that you know one of the things that's going to be really prevalent in our league this year is is the quarterback play. Not that it's not always, but as close as these are. It, it's like the the couple of two or three teams that get the best quarterback play for a couple of months, going to augment their chances to be in Arlington, Texas, on December third. Yeah, and th- another reason why this bye week right now is so big because of the gauntlet I mentioned in mm-hmm. these next three games. Really, I mean, they're really the rest of the regular season, of course. But I mean, we're going to learn a lot about K State in the next three to prove or maybe prove that they're not or they sure. are yeah. Big 12 title contenders or just to make it to Arlington. Well, and I think <laughs> they're probably also saying that in Stillwater and they're probably yeah. also saying that in Fort Worth and, and on and on in Waco and on down the line. <laughs> I just think, I mean, here, here's one for you. KU at Oklahoma. Are you even a little <laughs> bit surprised that Oklahoma is a nine-point favorite? A little bit. <laughs> I yeah, am. A little bit, yeah. yeah. I thought that was a typo. I'm like, did you, did you guys not uh, watch football this past Saturday? Uh, everybody was kind of talking about what happened in Lawrence and in Dallas. Sure. After Because uh, of, uh, boy, such a great game in Lawrence and such a blowout in Dallas. But uh, Well, maybe those guys that set that know what they're talking about, whether Dylan Gabriel Dylan plays Gabriel. this weekend or not. Well, maybe they do. Maybe. Know. Who knows? And also Jalen Daniels. You know. Well, there's the other factor. But maybe, you know, uh, the – Lackluster Lance has been holding KU back by not starting Jason Bean. I don't know. <laughs> well, he was pretty good in the second half. My God, was he. I, that blew me away how yeah. good he was. Uh, speaking of being blown away and guys being really good in this 2022 season, we continue on our discussion about the Cats halfway through the season. Who's impressed us through six games? Wyatt and I have both picked out six players. We'll give you our list next. Six games down, eight to go, if you know what I mean. But we're halfway through the regular season. Mitch Fortner, Wyatt Thompson, Troy Coverdale. It's Wildcat Insider here on uh, October 10th of 2022. Uh, happy belated birthday to Coach Snyder. Didn't he just celebrate one and a couple Coach of days Tang. ago? And Coach Tang. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I must have missed that one. 
Same day. Sorry, sorry, Coach Tang. You believe that? Well, now this is going to be easy Mike to Clark. remember. What? Yes. All on the same day. Yes. What are the odds? My gosh. And that's October 7th, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Okay. Yeah. So sorry, uh, Coach Tang and Coach Clark. Uh, my bad. <laughs> I dropped the ball on that one. Uh, happy belated birthday to all three gentlemen. Absolutely. Well, uh, Gentlemen's a good way to put it. See, uh, Coach Tang, he'll speak at uh, Big 12 Basketball Media Day for the men. That's a week from Wednesday. He'll be the first one at the podium from 910 to 920. And I'll be uh, there in attendance at the T-Mobile Center for uh, Basketball Media Day. Unfortunately, I won't make the women's the day before. Love to hear what head coach... Uh, Jeff Mitty has to say, and also, uh, excuse me, also uh, Brett Yormark, commissioner of the Big 12, will also speak to open you it bet. all up. Uh-huh. All right, so let's get to uh, most impressive players through six games. I think this is a great time to talk about it. We have six games to go off of. We're halfway through the regular season. It's a bye week. And uh, Wyatt and I, we've decided to put a list together of six players that can be be all defense, it could be all offense, it doesn't matter. Just six players. Okay. Who stood out to you as being the most impressive? Um, and really the way to describe that, I think, is uh you're not going with the list of best players, just those that have exceeded expectations. I think that's what impressive is. And so, Wyatt, I'll let you uh I'll let you let us know what you, who you have on your list. Do you want me to start and give the whole list or go number six or number one? Do you have them ranked? I do. I didn't rank mine. Whoops. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. It, well, I, I mean, I'll do a ranking tomorrow anyway. Okay. Okay. So I just have a six here, but okay. you go ahead. I would love to hear. I love a good countdown. Okay. Well, maybe I won't give them in in order, but but okay. I I think if I'm being perfectly honest, the first guy I wrote down uh, was Austin Moore, because when this season started up until game week. He was probably going to be a number two at the linebacker position in which he plays behind Sean Robinson. And then Sean was unable to go and has left the program. And I think it's very obvious that Austin has done a really good job. He's K-State's leading tackler. He makes plays every week. He's a very smart guy. (laughs) He's knocked down passes. He's intercepted passes. He's been a good tackler in space. I mean, I don't... To me, I think he's the obvious choice for the first guy just because he's not only gone from a two to a one, he's gone from a two to a one and a highly productive one. Fair? Absolutely. Yeah. I do not disagree with a single syllable you just spoke. Yeah. I would say next on my list, and this may be a little bit out of left field, but I'm going to say Hayden Gillum at center. Remember now, he and Hadley Panzer were going to share center, or at least in part, when the season started. And then in game one, Taylor Portier goes down with a torn ACL. So now, going into game two, Gillum is your full-time center, and Panzer is your full-time right guard. And Hayden has really done a nice—this is as much for me in this pick with leadership and trying to do all of those things like Noah Johnson did a year ago— Uh, as it is with production on the field. When you talk to the offensive line guys, they all talk about him being such a leader and such a vocal guy and a very cerebral player. So in large part, that's why I I put him up there um, in in that particular position. So after that, you you want to jump in there and do a couple? or how do You go go and do your list. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going to go probably next with uh, a guy by the name of Kobe Savage. I, I really, really think that he has exceeded even my expectations, and my expectations were pretty high for him. Remember now, he wasn't a grad transfer or a transfer portal guy. This was a community college player, and he has fit in virtually perfectly in, in almost every way. Big smile, nice young man, plays really hard, big hitter, <laughs> spilled a hole. I mean, there, there are a lot of quality things that have gone on there. Then I would probably go with one of his running mates there uh, with, with Josh Hayes, who we talked about earlier in the show. I knew Josh could play, but I have to be honest and say I really thought he was going to be a corner and wasn't totally sure, and I'm talking about when, when camp started, you know, how much of a factor he would be, especially when you have Brinson and Boydo back, right? But he has slid into that other safety spot, and he's been very, very good. I mean, he's played in 60 career games. Think about that. He was four years at North Dakota State. His very first game there was in the national championship game, which is really crazy, but it is a fact. Um, I like everything about him. He's a sure tackler, just a quality, quality young guy. And then down to the final two, um, I'm, I, this, this may surprise you. It may not. I'm going to say Adrian Martinez. And, I'm, and he's on my list for a multitude of reasons, but I, I think we all had high expectations for him, right? But we also all saw the first three games and wondered, is this what it's going to be? And it's been a little bit better in the last three, right? And I think being challenged sometimes helps, and he's responded. I like everything about him. He's a good teammate. He cares. He has a very small ego from my perspective. Uh, he comes and answers every question every time. That's accountability. And then the next guy for me is Eli Huggins. And I, I say Eli because we all know that he is a really good football player. But from a consistency standpoint, I don't know that K-State has a better player. He's been dominant at his position this year, even more so than last. And that says a lot. He's a fine, fine man and a fine, fine football player. So there's my six. And I do want to give a little honorable – you didn't ask for an honorable mention guy, but I'm going to throw D. Hints in there as my honorable mention pick. Okay. Just because he was hurt most of last year, I felt like he could help, but he's more than helped. He's been real good. He just doesn't get a ton of opportunities, but he's a good football player. So there you go. There's my list. Well, our, our lists are very similar. Are they? Yeah. Okay. yeah yes, they are. Uh, Josh Hayes and Kobe Savage. And give a little – preview of what my top 10 list will be tomorrow on the game is just my top 10 players of 2022 so far okay um i i almost have josh hayes and kobe savage at a tie right now of just statistically they're not too far off of each other um you know kobe does have the two interceptions josh hayes doesn't have one yet that might be maybe the uh, the advantage there of the tie that might be the tiebreaker but, man, have they both just played fast. They hit hard. Uh, I think Josh Hayes has been a really good tackler one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. uh, at the line of scrimmage in the flats. Uh, he might be the best shoestring tackler as well. He, he has tripped <laughs> some guys up and made some great tackles True. that way. Um, Austin Moore. Uh, Austin Moore is at the top of my list. He is my number one when it comes to most impressive. Uh, because you're right. I wasn't expecting him to start. 
Uh, we also expected Will Honus to be potentially a starter for this team, and he unfortunately hasn't been able to play right. due to an injury, and he most likely will not play this season, which is which is extremely unfortunate. But Austin is just doing just about everything right. Um, his, I noticed during the Iowa State game, his his pass coverage was just really was really good. Um, makes plays in the backfield. He has some interceptions. I mean, just seems like he's always in the right place. He does the right things. He is super disciplined. I've loved his play. He has been phenomenal for K State. I could go on and on. Yeah. Um, and of course, Adrian Martinez has been impressive. I think he has exceeded expectations. I'm going to add this one thing to what you said. I thought it was a great monologue about Adrian Martinez. But what was one issue for some fans? Turnovers. Turnovers. Uh, I don't know if Travion is paying attention, but Travion, (laughs) I'm going to have you help me out with this. I'm going to hold up fingers, and I'm going to tell you how many turnovers Adrian Martinez has this season. I want you to tell the audience how many fingers I'm holding up. Ready? Here we go. How many fingers am I holding up? Absolutely zero. That's right. <laughs> zero. Zero yeah. interceptions. I thought, you know, I had it in my mind. He's like, you know what? This Iowa State game, it might be the one. It might be the one he does throw his first pick. He didn't do it. Yeah. He has dropped the ball a couple of times in pressure uh, after, you know, maybe being tackled from behind. Mm-hmm. But uh, everybody in a pass play. That. But of course. Yeah. And they've all been recovered, luckily. Yeah. And knock on wood on all of those, but but yes. yeah, I, I think your point is is a real good one because I almost think looking at it now that he was really trying hard not to turn the ball over in mm-hmm. the first three games. Yes, he was. And since then, he's kind of you know at the urging of Chris Kleiman, Colin Klein, and others. <laughs> you know, he's he's kind of uh, just turned it loose a little bit and. And yet has still taken care of the football, and that's admirable um, for for what he's been through. With and you you talked about you know the turnovers and close game losses and in, in his time in, in Lincoln and all of that. But I, I I'm I'm certainly prejudiced, but I think he's been exceptionally coached here, and um, he continues to to play very good football. Uh, two more names I'll throw out there that are different than yours. You know what, Brendan Mott oh boy, has really one. impressed yeah. me in his first year on the field with K State. Uh, I think he's second on the team in sacks right now, and uh, I mean the rest of his number. Let, let me let me double check this here. I might be wrong. Maybe third place. He might be third place in sacks, but uh, he's made some plays in the backfield, and he you know he he's not first string. He he is second string there at defensive end, and when he's there on the field, I mean he's he's made multiple plays this year. I mean it's he, he doesn't have ginormous games, but he typically every game will go make a play. It's a very. I think it's a nice selection because a year ago he really wasn't much of a factor. This year he wasn't getting a lot of opportunity early, and then Nate Matlack hurts his foot. It's taken Nate a little bit of time to come back, which which happens. That's given him more opportunity, and to be perfectly blunt, he's taking really quality advantage of that. He has made plays. He's he's played a lot more snaps. Um, I think it's it's telling that he has started in the last three games for Nate ahead of Jalen Pickle, who's a really good football player and has played a lot of ball here. You know, so I think yes, you're you're probably pretty smart in putting him on that list. He he has exceeded expectations. And I'll throw one more out there. Okay, 
DJ Giddens. Well, another backup. <laughs> yeah, I I I appreciate it because let's think about this for a second. Redshirted last year, played behind Deuce and others, including Joe Irvin, who was a pretty good football player. And now here we are, six games in. He's had limited opportunities. You know what his average per carry is this year? I do. I have it in my in my heart and in my brain. Six point six. Six point six. Not 4.6 or 5.6, but 6.6. That's impressive. And he's only carried the ball oh, 20, he's carried the ball 27 times. That's correct. 27. Uh, do some quick math. That's like, you know, four <laughs> carries a game. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, maybe a tad bit more, put a decimal point in there. Uh, I want him to carry the ball more. I do. I understand. Big body guy. Big. Who, he's really strong. Uh, but he's also, I mean, he's... Uh, He's pretty agile for, for a man his size. And I, I think uh, there's a lot of good football in him, I think, for, for us to watch here moving forward. So, our, yeah, lists are pretty similar. That's a pretty I, interesting I, list. Yeah, I don't know if the way I'd rank these, I, I would absolutely have Austin Moore one. Absolutely. The rest of the rankings, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, need a, I need a good hour to figure it out. Sure. And if you ask me tomorrow, it might change. Yeah. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll look at week seven in the Big 12. Uh, one big uh, marquee matchup, which happens to be the next two opponents for K-State. We'll talk about this weekend in the Big 12 next. We are exactly 15 minutes away from right now. Pre-game coverage of Monday Night Football. It's Raiders week. Chiefs, Raiders, Arrowhead Stadium. 7-15 kickoff right here on K-Man. Any chance the Raiders win? Very little. Yeah, I was going to say. Chiefs, yeah, it's a pretty easy pick. At least in my opinion, but weird things can happen, I guess. I guess you could have – I think the chances of you having what I'll call a, quote, an Indianapolis, <laughs> unlikely in Kansas City. Yeah, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Plus, uh, Mike Dabini will be there, and uh, Chiefs never lose when Mike Dabini's there, I think. <laughs> so I, I would imagine he's pretty good luck. There you go. Uh, let's see here. Big 12, Week 7. Of course, Cat's not playing. The other team with a bye is Texas Tech. We have a Thursday night game, and uh, you know what? Doesn't seem like there's been a lot of Thursday games at uh, other than what was it? West Virginia Pitt at the beginning of the year. Yeah, nothing really. You you're dying to watch or anything. Uh, but uh, Baylor and West Virginia, six o'clock FS1 on uh, on Thursday. Mountaineers looking for their first win in the conference, and Baylor still trying to stay relevant in the Big Twelve standings. Uh, that's well said, and I I wonder about this game a little bit. You know, Baylor's been pretty good. They they won at Iowa State here a couple of weeks ago or so. Uh, West Virginia after a tough start. I, I you know I think Pittsburgh's pretty good as I look back now uh, a few weeks later. Uh, West Virginia then came home and lost to Kansas, you might remember. And since then, they've gone 2-1. and one. I think this could be a very interesting game from the standpoint of I do think Baylor is the better team, but will they win on the road? Most think they will. Do you think they will? Uh, I think you have to you go know with what? Baylor. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Baylor's a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Who's the better quarterback? Shapen or JT Daniels? Well... To me, you just hit it. If JT plays his best and Shapen plays his best, I think Shapen because, but only because I've seen him a little bit more. Daniels is, I mean, this was a highly, highly recruited guy who's been at 
places like USC and Georgia. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's pretty legit. Intriguing game. Now I'm second-guessing this Baylor pick. <laughs> I don't well, know. That's how it happens in you this know, league. Honestly, buddy. I'm, I'm yeah. kind of rooting for West Virginia. Yeah. Maybe hopefully uh, take Baylor more out of the picture and make me feel more better about the matchup in Waco uh, coming up in about a month. Mm-hmm. Now Sunday or Saturday, rather, there are three matchups. Don't have any primetime matchups, but two at 11 a.m., so hope you have two uh, TVs in the garage. 11 a.m. on ESPN2 is number 19, Kansas at Oklahoma. With the Sooners, they they opened it like a 9.5 point favorite. Now it's down to 7.5. I'm still surprised Oklahoma is uh, is the favorite. But you mentioned it earlier. You might be onto something that maybe Dylan Gabriel does return for this one. Well, let's say he, he does return, okay? And then let's say that Bean is your starting quarterback for Kansas. How do you see the game? And is it different than whether Daniels would be the starter? And you have to answer yes to that, don't you? Yeah, well, I mean, Oklahoma has a much better shot than of attacking KU's vulnerable defense, especially in the passing game, without a doubt. Yeah. KU played them pretty tight last year. Does that mean anything? Maybe not. But I'll remind everybody it was 35-23 in Lawrence. I'm just saying I think KU has a chance in this game. Why would you not think that? They've been pretty good. Oklahoma has struggled. You know what? You have me interested. I need to go look it up. When's the last time KU won in Norman? I don't know that I know that off the top of my head. Do I have an educated guess? I don't. I don't have a clue. I'm going to guess it's, it's been a while. Early 90s, maybe? Maybe. Well, we'll research that one. Because when Todd <laughs> Reesing was QB, I don't think they played in Oklahoma. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They went that whole because they didn't have a very tough schedule that 07 year. Well, that's it. That's, they went to the Orange Bowl because they didn't play yeah. Oklahoma or Texas. Yeah, they didn't play the top three teams in the Big 12 that just happened to be in the Big 12 South. And not they got the other rain, half. Not trying to rain yeah. on the Orange Bowl team, but facts no, are I, facts. Yeah, I mean, they were a good yeah. team. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Uh, 11 a.m. on ABC. Which, by the way, I, I'm probably if betting the spread, I'm taking Kansas in that game, no doubt. Uh, 11 a.m. on ABC is Iowa State at Texas, and uh, the Longhorns back in the top 25 at number 22. Texas is the biggest favorite in the Big 12 this week at 16 and a half. That's a lot, yeah. And I, and I think obvious the obvious reasons are 49 nothing, mm-hmm. right? And Iowa State has struggled offensively. It, it's as simple as that. We'll also add that Texas is one, three and one at home, and two, Iowa State is 0 and two against the top twenty five. So the numbers would tell you take Texas. And then the the big matchup. Uh two thirty ABC, number eight Oklahoma State at number thirteen TCU. Horn Frogs get the uh get the nod as the the home team with a with a, being the favorite by three and a half points. Um, to me, it's an absolute coin flip. I have no idea who's going to win this game. I Even as a prediction, I might lean Oklahoma State because they're probably better defensively. Well, it's an interesting thought. I'm sitting here looking at uh, you know my my chart on on TCU, and I'm I'm just going to remind everybody how well Max Duggan has played this year. You ready for this? 
73% completion percentage, yeah. 14 touchdowns, one pick. One. That's pretty good. I think TCU has a chance in this game, and largely because it is at home. But the reality of it is <laughs> Oklahoma State has been quite good lately, and they seem to find a way to win these kind of games. What's the spread again? Three and a half? Three and a half TCU, mm. the favorite. Interesting. I'm going to say OSU, but slightly. It'll be, it'll be a really good football game, don't you think? Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be a one score game. And when I mentioned Oklahoma State, I, I when I said that comment, Oklahoma State's been playing good defense or the better defense. They might actually not be the better defense. They might actually be a little bit closer than I thought. I was looking up the numbers here just kind of see if I had any merit to that statement, and maybe not. I don't know. They 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 give up a ton of yards. OSU a game, yeah, four twenty two. That's second worst in the conference. I still think. There's a ton of great defense in this conference. Um, boy, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I I'd use know. the term great, but I do think there are a lot of good def- defenses in the conference. Yeah, probably not as good yeah. as last year. Last yeah. year they were insane. Yeah, well, <laughs> Baylor last year and Oklahoma State. There, there's a reason they were in the in the championship game, and it was and, and and again, all due respect to two really pretty quality offensive teams, but they were riding riding the wave with the defense, both of them. And both have lost significant talents off of those teams. And everybody always wants to talk more about the offensive side. But, but again, I'm going to be repetitive here. I go back to what I said before. Quarterback play will be really big in this game. And, and the truth is, even though Oklahoma State is on the road, they have the more veteran quarterback here. Now, we all saw the, the game last year in the regular season. We saw the Big 12 title game. I don't know if that plays into it, you know, from a head standpoint for either club, but man, I can't wait to watch this one. Okay, so to add, uh, this is an even game. I'm not joking. Like statistically, <laughs> this is an even game. Yeah, when you look at the numbers, you're, you're absolutely right. Points per game, these two offenses score exactly 46.4. Yeah. They're even there. Uh, the defense, how many points do they give up a game? Um, 28 ish? Yeah. TCU 23.8, Oklahoma State 24.8. Okay. And again, I get I suppose you need to break down the the uh, the the schedules to see exactly who I was against, but I mean just where they're at right now, just statistically without looking at that, I mean they are very even almost across the board. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think if you're looking at strength of schedule, uh, you'd probably say OSU by a little bit because Tarleton State yeah, yeah, yeah. They see you. TCU won at CU to start, and they're they're god awful. They've already blown out yeah. their, their coach. But again, I don't want to undervalue TCU because I think they're really well coached. Duggan is playing well. They're they're running and throwing the ball pretty equally well, and their defense. I mean, you saw them. They can run. They're not the most. I mean, they hit you. Don't get me wrong. They're not the biggest most physical defense but they can run and they they too they do they do crack you they'll hit you but they're just not the biggest defense around the way it stands right now I'm pro- I'm going to I'm going to lean towards I'm going to lean Oklahoma State 
That's just my gut. But barely. Yeah. Oh, barely. Yeah. That's three where I'm point, at. Yeah, three-point yeah. game or whatever. Yeah, yeah. it'll be good. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap up here, I wanted to get to some Meet the Wildcats questions. I asked you one week one and just haven't really got back to it since. And so we'll try to ask a few questions here to wrap up the show. <laughs> I uh, These are the questions I ask on Power Cake Game Day to a student athlete every week. Last okay. week was Felix Andy DK Uzama. He was really good. Do you remember the first piece of music you owned? First piece of music I owned. Probably don't remember the first piece of music I owned, but I can remember listening to my mom and dad's Johnny Cash albums like it was yesterday. That's about the best answer I can give yeah. you on that. Vinyl? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When did they... What did ATEC or <laughs> what are they called? Why am I blinking on the uh, eight track? Eight track, jeez Louise! No, this would have been this would have been you know an album, like vinyl album. Okay, yeah. Uh, what are you afraid of? Like, I'm not great with snakes. That snakes type of thing. Snakes would be a good you know. I'm not petrified of them like my father was, but I don't like them either. <laughs> So that's probably a pretty good answer. I'm I'm good with snakes. So your dad couldn't oh saw one out in the yard. It, let, let's put it this way: if if he saw one in the basement, he could jump. It it would it would be bad enough that he could jump up on top of the freezer. He couldn't normally, but he could under those circumstances. <laughs> when I was a, when I was a kid, there was a little gardener snake, and uh, I tried picking it up, and it it bit me. Oh boy. I was like, oh, my God. And I freaked yeah. out. It didn't hurt. But right. I was like, oh, my God. I fr- I, I, ever yeah. since, for some reason, I just – I don't trust snakes. Sure. I, I, I don't want to – I can be just around Just out him. of curiosity, what was Felix's answer to that? I'm, I'm curious. He said snakes. He did. He's not a snakes yeah. guy. Because I'm not really too afraid of much else, honestly. The common – Maybe uh, I should be. <laughs> the common answer I get for those is snakes or spiders. Uh-huh. Deuce Vaughn said the ocean. Really? And that's because he's like – he said something like ninety percent of the ocean hasn't been discovered. I don't know what's in there. I don't want to go in there. Well, it's a fair point yeah, if I you guess. look at it like that. Sure. Uh, let's see. Can we squeeze in one more trivia? Oh, sure. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, favorite sports movie. Oh wow, you are really hitting these, aren't you? Mine's Rudy. Rudy's uh, you pretty know, good. Short nose guard. Yeah, I was a short nose guard. Didn't play Notre Dame, but I will say serious movies: Hoosiers, funny, Major League. Oh. Major League, fantastic I'm a movie. Big, I'm a big fan of Bob Euchre anyway. But, so, oh my, yeah, yeah. He, have you yeah. ever met him? Yes, I have actually. I met him in in St. Louis at Bush Stadium a few years ago. It was awesome. It was I hear thrill. he's a riot. He's 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 past that. I'm I'm telling you, dude. He is he is priceless. I saw him. Uh, believe yeah, it or I not, I wish you could have seen what he was wearing the night I met him. I've seen him in person. I've seen him. He's awesome. Before he actually went into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I was actually <laughs> at that ceremony. Um, and he went in the hall and was hilarious. He's brilliant. Uh, but my, yeah, mine, Rudy. I love Major League. Um, do you like the sequels to Major League Two and Back so to the Miners? Not so much. No. I watched Back to the Miners a month ago, or maybe like right before football season. Yeah. And it's so bad, it's it's funny, you know. But the main character, that actor, actually does a, a pretty convincing job. He's it wasn't over the top or anything. It was pretty good. All right, we'll wrap it up there. Uh, what? I'll make we'll sure to come back to those. Yes, that's cool. There was one I skipped over, but I, I suppose we can get back to it uh, when we have more time to talk about it. Uh, that's gonna do it for Wildcat Insider Travion. Thank you for your work, Wyatt. Once again, 
thank you for your time. Yes, sir. Enjoyed it very much. And again, the Wildcats are on a bye. And by the way, a week from tomorrow, we are 21 days away from K-State Hoops. Wow. At Bramlage against uh, Washburn for the, I think it's the only exhibition, right? The only exhibition. That's correct. Um, And then the Cats, K-State football back in action on the 22nd against TCU on the road. For Travion White, I'm Mitch. Go Cats. Getting you closer to the locker room than anyone else. This is Wildcat Insider. Wildcat Insider, an exclusive presentation of the flagship station of the K-State Sports Network. News Radio 1350, KMAN.